You're listening to the ABCs. Well, welcome back. Uh, another week of the ABCs podcast. Artisanal uh, beverages and chatting sports. It's what the ABCs do best. My name, of course, is Machu Workman, and with me every week, as always, Matt. Hello. G'day, mate. Here as always. Hopefully all is well in your hood, neck of the woods, mate. Yeah, mate, everything's going well over here. Just uh, seeing the, the sights of the New Zealand countryside. Oh, lovely scenic. Uh, fantastic. What, what sort of beverages uh, have you got down there, mate? What are you, what are you sipping away on this week? Uh, so, again, it's uh, another one of these uh, castle, um, you know, uh, the stable, the stable of the castles from, uh, from Christchurch. We're, um, we're actually heading to, to the castle Mecca in a couple of days' time up in Christchurch. So we'll, uh, I'll be stocking up again. But just, just on the milk stout this morning, mate, it's a, I've had it before off air, but now it's time to review it on air. Yeah, lovely. I love that. I am drinking a, a very, very lovely Strongbow dark fruit cider, which I'll, oh, very, very tasty. Of course, we've got a very big show for you. As always, we've got a lot of rugby cup to get through and some history made there, some history, of course, the marathon, one of the, the most uh, eye, eye-catching performances I've ever seen. Uh, and, of course, we've got other things as well. Obviously, the EPL is on a break, so we'll talk international football. We'll talk ANBL and a fair few other things. So without further ado, let's get tucked straight in. Cheers, Matty. Let's go. Cheers. Alrighty, so first, before we introduce the cheeky single, as we always do, uh, we've got a new addition to the show that we're going to be starting with this week. It's called The Headlines. It's all of the things that have happened over the last sort of two to three days, just to catch you up when you're around the water cooler in the office and, and you're not really sure what sort of sports they're talking. This is to help you get a bit of an insight into what they are talking about. So let's first of all go with the first one, which for me is amazing. Eliud Kipchoge goes 1 hour 59.40 for the marathon in Austria. What an effort. I mean, yeah, so I was reading up an article last night. He had the uh, special course made for, uh, for, the, for the race itself. It was, uh, it was designed with, with different straights, and he had some curved bends and a few little downhills, and they, they reckon it saved him 25 seconds on if – they sort of computerise and just one long, straight, flat 42 kilometres. Um, and obviously on top of that, he had 41 different pace setters. So they, they just helped him tick over, you know, two minute and 50 second Ks for 42 Ks. <laughs> That's then, yeah, nice. um, but, but he did it. So, I mean, it's not going to be um, recognised by the IAAF as, a, as an official world record, but it still still shows you how amazing the, the human body and, and, and what human mind can achieve when, when put, in the right, put in the right area. So, yeah, I mean, amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. And just the conditions that you have to get into. Um, I mean, we had, we had six or seven weeks to get into for our marathon, and, you know, he's been doing this for all of his life, and, mm. and this is what we could have done you know, if, if, we'd, uh, if we lived in the right places and we'd done all the right things. So um, if you're listening... Maybe not, mate. I, I, I think he's, also, he's also pretty... He's also a, a one a one of a kind talent, but um, what a runner! So, <laughs> serious it shows, runner, you, it shows you that, that you shouldn't, uh, yeah, should never limit yourself. No, definitely not. And speaking of not limiting yourself, Japan, of course, unbeaten in pool play uh, after blowing out Scotland twenty eight twenty one today. Incredible game. They'll 
go to the quarterfinals of the Rugby World Cup for the first time, and of course, uh, it comes on the back of a, a pretty uh, a pretty sad week, isn't it? In uh, in Japan at the moment, of course, Very. with Typhoon Hajibus. I think I've, the last stats I've seen is uh, thirty five people who who have died and and hundreds who have lost their homes and. Um, obviously a very difficult time for the country, but hopefully the uh, the World Cup win and the history that they've made at the World Cup will, will be able to go a little bit of a way to, to put a smile potentially back on Japan's dial. Massive game with, uh, obviously, we've got South Africa. The Japan's got South Africa in the quarterfinal. You've got New Zealand, Ireland, Australia, England, France, Wales. Four massive games coming up. So, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully the Japanese can keep riding on a, keep riding on a high and, and yeah, the, the whole tournament can kind of help help a nation sort of distract themselves to get get through it. Oh, totally. Absolutely, absolutely agree. Uh, two other news, I guess. Uh, Coco Gauff uh, from the United States became the youngest woman in 42 years uh, to win a WTA event at 15 years old. She beat uh, Yelena Ostapenko uh, in three sets in Linz, Austria. So Austria, the place to be at the moment for a bit of <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's a real sports mecca when it comes to historic performances, but a massive, uh, a massive result. And who knows? Obviously, this puts her Right in the mix with um, with some of the top female athletes to come in, in coming years, and and speaking of top female athletes, of course, uh, Ash Barty was named in the Australian Sports Hall of Fame this week. Again, congratulations to her. Yeah, ma- massive massive news there as well. Um, and and just just on a quick little side note, it's just amazing to see um, a young Indigenous woman from Australia just just doing doing things which just keep breaking the mold and keep breaking out. And um, yeah, I mean like. All, all the luck to her. She's playing amazing tennis. But remember, she went off and played Big Bash for a while. And, you know, I, I just, I think, again, similar to Kipchoge, she's just going out there and just sort of showing you what you can achieve. Similar to us in our marathon, mate, um, going out and showing <laughs> you what, maybe not quite, but but showing people what you can achieve when you, when you throw your mind into it. And, yeah, we're all capable of amazing things, and she's doing some amazing things. Yeah, well, again, history on the... Uh... On the tarmac, I guess, when it comes to motorsport, Scott McLaughlin winning Bathurst for the first time amongst an incredible season where he's broken, I think, the championship um, record, you know, championship wins for a season. I think he's got 20, he had 20 ahead of Bathurst and now he's got win number 21. Incredible feat by the flying Kiwi and um, I think it was Scott, uh, uh, Shane Van Gisbergen, another fellow Kiwi who came in second. So a real hometown hoot for, uh, for all fans. Uh, back here in New Zealand to uh, to claim, uh, yeah. of course. And then also, also just also motorsport as well. Mercedes with their win in uh, in Japan overnight have have sewn up the the drivers' championship and the constructors' championship. Um, it will probably go to Lewis Hamilton, but obviously uh, Bottas can still win it. But yeah, it's a six six championship for for Mercedes, and um, yeah, they it's it's a dynasty. It's a modern day dynasty in, in F one, which yeah, this is what it is. Yeah, we haven't seen one like this since the Ferrari days, have we? And mm. um, there is more of this to come. Uh, finally, of course, looking at uh, other things happening on the international stage. England, uh, as I mentioned earlier, no EPL this week, but they've only gone and lost 2-1 to the Czech Republic. They led, mm. they led one early, and uh, Gareth Southgate's men just, just looked a little flat, and they didn't really know how to hold on to a leader. The media here in the UK have really jumped on that and are the, the wondering how they could manage to put together such a, a dour and drab performance. So it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back against uh, Bulgaria. They've got that. Of course. Um, so, yeah, watch, watch this. Yeah, and uh, and then just, just, just final little bit of soccer news um, as we're 
wrapping this up. Um, Western United, brand new, couple of good results from uh, from the A League over the over the weekend. But yeah, the, the new franchise, Western United, with their first win over over the Wellington Phoenix. So yeah, we'll just keep watching that space and amazing that both them and the uh, and yeah and, and the other new Melbourne side in, in the basketball both uh, both starting off their seasons with a win and it shows you that if you can get your franchise right from the start that winning doesn't have to be a, uh, a distant distant memory or distant thought you recruit well and, and you get the right people in yeah you can uh, you can make make waves immediately yeah totally agree although one Melbourne side doing wonders and, and one Melbourne side not doing too well. A, a bit of a fall from grace, really, when you look at the Melbourne United side who mm. championed the uh, 18, I think it was. Uh, yeah, 18, yeah. Uh, they were winless, I think, after the first two rounds this season. Um, so there's a lot for them to sort of, you know, to sort of fall back on. You know, there's a couple, of late, a couple of late buzzer beaters, though. Like, you know, like they, they, weren't, um, they weren't out of the game. They weren't getting smashed, as we see in some results in the, uh, yeah. the AMBL. Yeah. Look at defence, though, isn't it? You know, you've got to you've got to be able to. It's those moments that are really important in, in the space of basketball, in particular, where so much planning goes into that last two minutes of a game, um, so much strategy, so much, um, yeah, so many hail marys, I guess, as well. Uh, but yeah, an interesting sort of start to the season. What is again being compared as the most competitive ANBL season of all time. Oh, now this is going to be interesting. This is going to be a runner. Yes, he's gone. Okay, well, that moves on to the cheeky single now. Of course, this is uh, a wee segment where we try and pick up a run or two, and, and we have a bit of a uh, a bit of a chat around sort of things that have got uh, got us talking in the media uh, throughout the world, and uh, particularly uh, when it comes to sports that we talk about quite frequently. We obviously get a bit heated and uh, try and say as many of these things as we can. So we've got a few this week. Let's go with uh, the Rugby World Cup first. Let's talk about. Japan and these these favoritism chats that we've seen and um, and the fact that Japan are everybody's side. Japan is everybody's second team. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on a no there. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Well, I mean, for me, it's probably a bit more probably a bit more of a personal argument, just being that oh. born in the mighty Australia and then uh, I've married into the the mighty Springboks. And, uh, and on that note, I do hope that the Springboks do beat Japan this week. Um, as much as the feel-good story is of, uh, of, uh, of Japan is, um, you know, I don't think South Africa would ever recover from uh, losing to Japan twice in two World Cups, um, especially on a quarterfinal stage. But more importantly as well, um, you know, it's, it's also a country that does like to bandy together around um, around their sport and um, yeah I mean I, I think they need it just as much as as Japan need the win yeah yeah I mean <clears throat> to be fair I, I think it's a, a relatively straightforward yes for most people um, you know it, it's the, the host nations they they've played a very entertaining brand of rugby uh, they've played a very hard and fast you know the fact they were 21 seven up against Scotland at half time and, and then scored straight after the mm. The referee, uh, the halftime whistle. Sorry, just just shows. I think that they've got the right sort of style of football under Jamie Joseph, who did great things for the Highlanders. Um, so yeah, I, I think Japan are the entertaining team. Everybody's entertainers, um, and so I I definitely think that they are everybody's second favourite team. Now they are getting a uh, they are getting a good run from the refs though. So let's uh, let's hopefully that <laughs> see that uh, just balances out for the finals. Yeah, yeah. Well, that could be. Um, 
yeah, I'm sure there are a few neutral neutral people who who probably wish that there was a referees team that made a come up against some big bodies. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk a bit about um, these other chats that have been going on a bit around um, favorite uh, yeah favoritism and and the way that the World Cup has sort of been geared and, and in terms of you know World Rugby was talking about cancelling quite a few games and, and Scotland Japan was one of those games and Scotland's coach came out earlier in the week of course and said oh you know if New Zealand needed five points you know they wouldn't you know this this sort of thing would never go ahead these sorts of things are obviously really really hard to sort of to divulge and, and to talk about, but when it comes to the Rugby World Cup, is there an allegation that New Zealand get a better deal than countries? Yeah, I'm 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 pushing through a straight okay. yes there. Um, that's an easy. Uh, I'm a wait on. Okay, look, mine mine probably yeah. Look, there's a little bit about the fixturing in that. Obviously, New Zealand were offered if they wanted to play the game. Um, which, or if they wanted to move the game to Monday, which would have given them a, a shorter turnaround for the finals, only a five-day turnaround, I believe. So New Zealand, having had the offer to play, said no. And I believe it was uh, Namibia they were due to play, and they obviously, you know, they were they were a bit sad. They they, they couldn't play against the best. But I think the as the, the the Irish reporter and you know, there's been a bit of chat about the hucker earlier in the tournament, which I don't agree with. I think you know, if New Zealand wants to do the hucker, let them do the hucker. But um, yeah, when it comes to um, yeah, just just favoritism around the rucks with penalties. I mean, there's been a few penalties given towards a you know towards Kieran Reid, say, where other players are missing three weeks in in Hodge's case. So, you know, I just I think that New Zealand does get a very easy run in because they have this sort of mystique about them, and and rugby likes putting them up on a pedestal. I guess of all the of all the places as well for the for the All Blacks to be put on a pedestal, the Japanese market and Asia in particular is a really important market. But I don't think that, like I've like obviously seen that story around um, being offered Monday, but I've I've also read further reports since that said that they were never offered Monday, um, and that um, they yeah they they've come out and said that that's not true. So it's it's hard to know what to believe because you know these sorts of stories can create you know kind of um you know a bit of whispering and, and all that sort of stuff but in terms of yeah i i definitely take your point around karen reed and and some of the evidence that's come out there that's why i guess i'm a more of a weight on rather than a solid no um a lot of these things are you know a, a lot of referee decisions and, and um Sightings are, are usually relatively objective, um, but yes, yeah, some of them, unfortunately, like that Karen Reed one, is a relatively um, is a relatively obvious one. In terms of uh, the NRL, I'm I'm moving straight on. <laughs> I'm moving straight yeah, on. Yeah, no, straight straight into some other horrible refereeing decisions, mate. Let's uh, let's crack yeah, into that's it. right. The NRL Grand Final. Let's let's call it. Was this the worst refereeing decision ever made for the against the Raiders? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. I'll actually just crack that. Just dance and then we can crack that one for six, mate. No run needed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just stay, stay, stay at your end. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Middle, but um, yeah. I mean, look, it, it's 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 a tough call because, and and the the bit that gets me fired up the most is that, um, and I understand they want to protect referees and and and, but then it, it almost makes it look more farcical when they come out and they say, oh, but he made the right call and no one ever means to make a mistake, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I understand that. But, like, you compare it to say, and I know this, this is going to be longer than 30 seconds, so give me a bit of rope here, mate. But 
when, it, when, when you look at, say, an Israel Adesanya last week against Robert Whittaker, you know, he didn't make a mistake in the ring because if he makes a mistake, he gets knocked out. So as humans, you know, Kip, you know, Kipchoge, when he's running for, for 42Ks at 2 minutes and 50 seconds, he has to go out and he has to, um, he has to hit every single kilometre at 2 minutes 50 or he doesn't break the world record. Like, he's run for an hour and 59 and, and 40 seconds. He only made it in by 20 seconds, which isn't a lot when you're running for two hours, you know. That, that, that's... That's just missing your step. That's falling out of rhythm. You know, we humans were, were capable of great things, but it's like, well, when it comes to refs, oh no, like they'll make they'll make mistakes. They'll make mistakes. We're all human. I think we need to go the other way. I think we need to start talking up refs, saying, look how good they make all these decisions. Look how well that they always do well, and not pointing out their mistakes when they make a mistake. Because at the end of the day, he made a call. He then changed his mind on the, on the field, which is against the NRL laws. Um, Instead of blowing the whistle and going, do do do, hold up, guys, sorry, I made the mistake. It's not six. This is the fifth tackle. Play the ball again. You know, let's just reset the situation. That way, everyone on the field knows. All right, this is the fifth tackle, and let's go ahead. Um, instead, he just caught caught up in the moment. And he goes, uh, uh, no, 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 last tackle, last tackle, last tackle. And then it's and then he looks at the at the Canberra player as if it was his fault for not understanding. And it's 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 you know they Rooster scored the winning try off it, and I mean and, and Mars their victory as well. Yeah, look, I, I mean, you, you've said it all, really, and uh, yeah. and more. And I, I don't think you can really, um, you can't disagree with this, I guess, given he made the initial decision and then had to change his own mind against uh, against the NRL's code of conduct. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a Raiders fan, you're sitting there going, you know, when are we going to have a better opportunity to, to win a grand final? And, um, if, yeah, I mean, I, I'm... I'm leaving all of that chat to you, mate. That's um, that's totally on the money, and I think it's definitely something that we should be doing in terms of maybe changing the conversation a wee bit around referees. Um, yeah, talking a little bit about quality of refereeing and, and, and quality of sport in general, uh, let's move straight on to the A-League here. Um, obviously, we've had our first round this week, and, and we've already touched on, obviously, Western United getting their first ever win. Um, the A-League, the quality of the A-League, is not getting any better. Yeah, I'd, oh, I'd, look, I'd probably have to... I know, it's a wait on. It's a wait on for me. Okay. Yeah, look, I, it's really hard. Like, I think when it, when it comes to things like um, who we're recruiting and, and things like that, I mean, we shouldn't be comparing to championship football or, or um, the English Premier League. But what we're seeing is there's a real, um, real difference when it comes to the pace of the game. And it's very, very noticeable when it comes to just the build-up from the back. Um, there, are, there, are, there are a couple of moments, I guess, throughout the week where I was a little bit disappointed in, in probably the quality of play. But, I mean, again, it's probably too early to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the reason why I say wait on is because the fact that we're, we're still seeing more and more franchises come into it. Um, and therefore, the game is growing, and that's a good thing. And I understand that when you have more teams in, the quality is diluted. Um, I do think it has come on a fair bit, but the one thing that's going to really help it start competing with those le- other leagues, because it is the world game, but the other thing that's going to help them compete on that level is to get rid of the salary caps and to be able to start bringing in some great international talent. And with that great international talent, then forces those that want to play at that level from locally um, to, to get better. Simple as that. Oh, and, just, and just better marketability to, to other players to come down. Exactly. Um, the league is definitely doing enough to build off the EPL and Euro followings here in New Zealand and Australia. 
Uh, I'm gonna say no. I don't I think they are. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty easy no. Obviously, it's not their market um, in terms of uh, you know trying to build these connections. I know that the Wellington Phoenix had a something called a Football United tour, where they brought West Ham and Newcastle here. Um, now, um, and that was great. You know, I think that was a, a really good opportunity to to put the Phoenix as a shop window for football. Um, haven't seen one like that since. I know that they have these kind of they they bring Liverpool over. With them. You know, three weeks after just legal order, you know, um, we're there at their worst, shall we say? Um, yeah. But I don't think I don't think it's. Gonna, I don't think there's much place for them to want to do that anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the other issue is as well, and um, it, it it makes it tough when it comes to trying to build on it because it is the same sport, so therefore you're almost competing within the sport, and maybe soccer purists or football purists they. Um, they're not fussed as long as you're loving the game of football, whether you follow an EPL side as your first main team or whether you follow, you know, uh, a League One or you're, or you're following a Serie A or you're following an A-League. They go, as long as you love the world game, then you love the world game. But the, but the problem is, though, is that the A-League just doesn't generate enough traction within our countries because people are following these bigger and better leagues overseas and... Um, and maybe time might change that, but I mean, they've got to somehow find a way to garner the support from England and garner support from these European leagues back into our local leagues, which is which is only going to help grow our game and, and put us on a competitive level with with those bigger leagues and bigger nations. Oh, oh sorry, Matt, I'm going to have to interrupt you there. I've just heard the whistle, which means oh. it's time for Drew's Jet. So, of course. We move straight into everyone's favourite segment, Drinks Chat. The real reason why anyone listens to this podcast. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually over here in Queenstown at the moment and uh, I've been hit up by my cousin asking if I'd tried a, a certain beer on the podcast yet. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make, pick up one on the way through and sneak her in next week. But, of course, I've got my, uh, my, my, my Castle's Milk Stout and you've got your, uh, your, your Strong Row, is it Dark Fruits? Um, mate, get started into... Get started into the in, into the price and, and and the notes that you're picking up. Yeah, so um, I guess when it comes to price, it's a, it's a little bit harder um, because uh, I'm not very good at currency conversion. But let's just let's just for argument sake that one pound is two New Zealand dollars. Um, so I got a I got a pint of Strongbro um, dark fruit cider, which is about seven eight hundred mils, um, and that's cost me. Uh, seven New Zealand dollars. So I think that's a pretty decent price. Uh, yep. I'm going to a good. I'll go. I'll go three and a half. It's it's good, but it could be better valued as well. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So I've um I've got this Castles Milk Stout. Now I'm I'm very uh very fond of these, but it's it came in my six pack, which yeah I think came in at tw- at twenty bucks. It's very artisanal. Um, it's very uh so artisanal. I think it came. It's an artisanal six. It was the mystery six, um, as we heard last week. But I think we're, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I'm probably, I think I'm gonna stick with that three, three out of five for, for the price. And and notes wise, it's just it's coming straight in with magic, mate. It's coming straight in with delicious, tasty. It's it's the best one I reckon I've had. It's it was the 2018 winner of the world um, world milk stout. So it's it's definitely up there in terms what, of what uh, a prestigious competition that was. Well, that's too. it. That's it. Well, um, yeah, it, it's just got that nice little sort of notes of um, 
of coffee. It's really creamy. It's 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 bloody beautiful. So, um, yeah, I mean, and taste wise, I'm giving it a straight five out of five. Like it's it's arguably wow. one of the best liquids I've ever had, um, and it's it's in rarefied air. Now you're very you're very liberal with your fives. Is this the easiest five you've ever given? Easiest five, and it's a re- it's a recurring five. This isn't. There, there's no uh, environmental factors coming in on this five. There's no, oh, I'm feeling good. It's been a long week. Oh, yeah, this beer tastes... Because, mate, in the, right, in the right environment, I think any beer can taste like a five. But, um, but this is a five no matter if it's 40 degrees outside and you're having one or it's four, four degrees outside and you're going to have a, have a few of these just to warm yourself up. Um, yeah, I, yeah I, I think this is, a, this is a five no matter what. Wow. So that's, that's, a, that's hard to beat. I, my notes mm. here, they're pretty... I'm getting a bit of plum, I'm getting a bit of boysenberry, a bit of blackberry, um, and a lot of cider. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, generic generic ciders, all that, you know, we all know a, a, that cider has a relatively similar taste no matter what you add to it. But it's about the little, it's the little flavours that pop alongside that. And so I think the, the blackberry, um, the plum, they come through really, really well. Um, and then, of course, it just sort of eases back with more of the cidery taste. Uh, which makes it very good to drink 12 of these um, if you're that way. <laughs> I'm not. Um, it's only Sunday night here. Um, but, yeah, in terms of in terms of flavour or taste, I'm going to go with, yeah, I'm going to go with a good 4.8. It's pretty Ooh. close. Jeez. It's close. I'd probably say, if anything, a bit sugary, a bit sweet. Okay. But that's, I mean, this is a, that's, a, that's a very, obviously very, very small, small segment, to be fair. Yeah. No, no, fair enough, fair enough. And then, uh, yeah, look, on to, on to the sport pairing. When should you be enjoying your... Uh, enjoying your... There is only one sport that comes to mind when I think of a strongbow cider. It's archery, obviously. Yep. Um, you know, you need a strongbow to get you through the sport. And uh, and so I'm coming through with, with a couple of those um, <laughs> out, on a, out on a public lawn. So a strongbow, a strongbow, and another couple of strongbows. Archery. What about you, mate? Yeah, so mine's mine's being an artisanal drink and being something that really, you know, on the back of some um, some great artisanal sport last week, I'm going to go with with hurling, the Gaelic, uh, the, the Irish specific game. Um, I think because it's just it warms you up when it's cold. It's got a bit of extra something to it. It's kind of got that coffee flavour to it, so it keeps you awake during the uh, the fast, exciting game of, of hurling. Oh right, nice. And that, of course, is our drinks chat for this week, mate. And uh, yeah, let's keep, keep the show moving. Welcome back. So, of course, we uh, we have our usual segment here. We talk a wee bit about what we've been up to, and, and obviously, but we ran a marathon. No big deal. Sorry, Elliot Kipchoge, if you're listening, but for bringing the sport to disrepute. But um, you know, obviously, since then we've been looking at training in different ways. Um, and so, Matt, what about you, mate? What what have you been up to the last week? I know it's been probably haven't had much time to do much uh, exercise this week, um, given the fact you're in Queenstown as we talk. Yeah. So uh, obviously, we're, we're on our great, great big road trip up north. Where um, yeah, we're, we're moving house here. So that's uh, yeah, it, it's meant that training in a way has taken the back seat. But I think importantly, though. Um, we've done some really good things when it comes to um, like my, my bike riding and getting to work and, and walking a lot more um, around town and really sort of doing that. I'm starting to starting to notice some benefits there, both physically um, and also in my um, like sort of conditionally with, with my lungs and everything. I'm I'm feeling really good, and I think 
yeah, I, I really should have lent into this um, incidental exercise more often or, or earlier in my life because it's, uh, yeah, I've always been active, but I think more recently I was sort of less active than I, than I wanted to. So, no, I'm absolutely loving it, mate. And how about you, mate, on, uh, on your English end? What's, what's been going on? <laughs> uh, to, to be honest, I've only been able to uh, get out for the one run this week. It was about six and a half k. Um, yep. I'm staying at Marlebone, obviously a relatively famous cricket club around here. But I ran from the hostel here to um, to Regents Park, which is a very nearby park, and it's quite big. So I ran around the outside of the park and decided to change a little bit of up uh, by yep. running a little bit through the park, and then you know, obviously. Um, beautiful scenery you know it was it was about nine o'clock in the morning and so you know there weren't many people out there were a few dogs um i've run around i've thought i've come through the uh, the same way that i went in and i've got nowhere near it um oh, to the point lost. where i myself pretty yeah not not a little lost quite lost um and ended up <laughs> ended up just outside lords um so you know I've, I've told a couple of people now it's the best ever run i've done um it's the england's the best place to get lost and i've always said yeah. that um but so i've done a, i've done one run um but i have done a lot of walking here obviously um because holy heck of the tube prices here are disgustingly yeah. disgustingly expensive so you go you know what i'm living an alternative lifestyle and walking um to town but i'm really i'm really enjoying it so far well, I think it shows you that the, uh, although it was crocheted on many a, many a, a wife home back in the day, that all roads do lead home, and uh, and yeah, your your road led you to the home of cricket. So I think that was uh, it was it was definitely a it was a good it was a good good run from you, um, and and more importantly as well, um, I would ask you to invest in a map or at least just get something on your phone, mate. So um, rather than trying to follow the Monopoly board around, because unfortunately that is not a uh, not an accurate representation of London um, if, you, if you're trying to run around the squares, honestly, mate. Honestly, I, I would not mind if I every time I go, I'd get 200 bucks because holy heck, yeah. they're, um, they're doing a lot of laps, a lot of goes. <laughs> yeah, totally true. It's 100% correct. Um, but let's quickly now move on to, you know, a few things that we've got to look forward to this week. Uh, you know, it's a big week of sport, every week of sport is, but you can't go past the Rugby World Cup quarterfinals, the biggest games in four years coming up over the next two or three weeks. Yep. Uh, Matt, of course, we've spoken a wee bit about those games, but let's just quickly run through them here. The All Blacks, Ireland, what a game. What I, This is the pick for me for the quarterfinals. Yeah, well, I thought this was, well, I think everyone maybe thought this was going to be uh, pushing on the on, on the door of the final, um, which is awesome that we get it a couple of weeks early. Um, it's a bit of a danger game. I mean, obviously, leading into the tournament, everyone kind of, they went, oh, you know what, Ireland's probably the one, well, you know, the one team of, of late that have actually had a couple of consecutive victories over the, the All Blacks, the ABs, and, um, and I reckon this, but they haven't been playing good rugby, so it just depends which Ireland do rock up on the day, but I feel like they, they'll turn up and they might give it a good nudge. I still see New Zealand winning just because it's New Zealand, but I would love, I would personally love to see an Irish victory. Yeah, that's a great. It's a great point that you make about um, you know playing good rugby and stuff because oh, I guess the one thing that Ireland can say is you know what we've got through. We've got through pool play. Yeah. None of those games matter anymore, and now it's just a one-off game, and so history doesn't really count for too much. And Correct, I know that yeah. obviously the media has been has been talking about Ireland as, as this is probably the opportunity uh, to take a World Cup. Um, I I take your point though around 
just about how flat they've been this World Cup. Watched a lot of their games, obviously with interest to, to be on the pool phase, and yeah, I found them to be quite flat. Um, they're leaving games quite late to, to make a strong impression. Um, the only game, obviously, where they had any sort of um, any sort of grit and I guess a clinical sort of performance was their first game against Scotland. And I, I don't know whether that's just a case of matching the intensity of your opponents and, and all that. Mm. But yeah, I definitely think I definitely think New Zealand get the job done. I don't I don't think it'll be a comfortable win. Obviously, I no. think it'll be a, a ten be to twelve. But that's but that's as close as I think Ireland Ireland would probably get. Now let's move on to Australia v England. Best oh, World okay. Cup rivalry, best rugby rivalry, almost I think in the world at the moment. Just the um, mm-hmm. being fifty fifty across the split from eighty seven to now. Um, I mean, England's playing well. Australia's not, unfortunately. Um, I mean, look, we've had a couple of good victories, but I just don't think we've quite found our fifteen. We haven't quite found our flow. Um, and I wasn't expecting big things for us coming to the tournament. This would be an absolute. This would be a surprise if we win this, but also um, it would it would go beyond expectations. But yeah, England's playing well, and I see them. Um, yeah, at least winning by a converted try, but maybe maybe a little bit more comfortable, like a seven to ten point win. I feel for the for the English. Okay, I think I think Australia have it in them. I definitely think that they. Um, yeah, that they. I mean, they didn't have a great game. I think it was against uh, Uruguay. But um, yeah, it's 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 been a tough World Cup for Australia. You can't you can't deny that. But you I think it's a case of a little bit like Ireland, shake off the pool phase and get straight into the into the quarterfinals. I still yeah, you're right. England get the job done, even though they haven't been overly convincing for the whole World Cup too. Um, I think yeah, I think a ten point margin is a fairly is a fairly safe option as well. Um, well, Classic uh, Six Nations rivalry there. Yeah, um, for me, Welsh Welsh victory here again. Playing good rugby. I mean, I think everyone's spoken a bit about how dangerous the France can get. Um, you know, with all this mutiny going on, with the captain being dropped and the coaching staff not getting along, and the players, you know, a scorned France like an ex-lover is a very dangerous weapon. But again, I feel like they've. Yeah, I mean, look again. I wouldn't be surprised if they do win. It's almost this. It's kind of the same reoccurrence theme. I feel like South Africa, Japan should be the most comfortable one, but you know, South Africa can get in their own head sometimes. But I feel like with a lot of these games, like Ireland could beat New Zealand, Australia could beat um, England, you know, France could beat Wales. But it's just if they do actually get up over this game, if they find a way to kind of push it to to. Get it all the energy right. Get all the, the 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 game plan right for that day, that they'll fall so flat in the next game that they'll get absolutely smashed. So just in terms of the quality of rugby, you don't want a team to have one good game and then fall off the edge. So I'd like to see Wales win here because I think they're playing good, consistent rugby. They're playing well going into the tournament, and um, and yeah, I think they deserve to to hit a semi final. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I mean, obviously um, Wales played a year ago, I think thirty five. 13 in the final game of the or the second game I should say of the tournament. The interesting thing will be um, for me particularly with France, Wales is you know how much because we we hear it, we've heard it for we heard it in the 2011 World Cup around how uh, Mark Levermont was kind of sidelined and he lost the dressing room um, there was the uh, Japan coach, the uh, France coach at the time, sorry what you know they obviously went on to do some relatively decent things. You know, they made it to the World Cup final. They were a point away from, um, or two points away from winning the World Cup. The um, mm. the interesting thing I think is going to be 
how much can they how much can they learn from that and how much can they you know if, if they do have these issues that we are hearing you know obviously it's, it's something that helps to build passion within their side but you know it doesn't sort of seem to break them up it just sort of sort of adds to the adversity and they really look they really thrive off that uh, but I totally agree on Wales consistent rugby um, you know not playing too bad um, I'd, I'd say Wales is, the, is definitely the safe bet for sure uh, but finally the, the 44th match of the World Cup of 49 Japan v South Africa history made a beautiful a beautiful beautiful occasion it will be but Surely the end of the road for Japan. Yeah, I mean, I would have thought so. Um, just South Africa underestimated them in the 15 World Cup. And, and as silly as it sounds, because it was a quite a devastating loss at the time, I think it actually helps them this time. Because if they'd beaten them easily last time, they may have underestimated them here. And Japan are definitely playing better rugby. But um, yeah, this World Cup, they, they did last World Cup, and they've, they've really shown that the game's grown. But yeah, I can just see South Africa giving it a good... Again, I don't think it might, I don't think it'll be a blowout, blowout, but yeah, maybe convert a try ahead, maybe maybe closer to, to two. Um, but I can just I think quarterfinal rugby always brings out the best in in, in most, and it, it makes it a hard hitting sort of contest. And that's the thing about the, the Japanese team, and that we saw that against Ireland is that Ireland kept kicking the ball back to them, and they love a possession game. So I just I don't want to see a South African side, you know, score a couple of early ones like Ireland did, and then just start kicking the ball back, kicking the ball back, kicking the ball back, yeah. and then. And then not ever getting the ball again. And Japan, you know, they can find a way to win when they when they get the opportunity, um, especially with the help of the refs. So uh, yeah, I, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that the block could take this and, and then go on and, and lift up a, a web Ellis. But um, but yeah, what about you, mate? What do, what do you think about this game? Yeah, look, I I, I can't wait. It's going to be a, a serious occasion, and um, it's it's going to be compelling watching, regardless of if you. You support New Zealand, uh, you support Japan or just or Japan. But I think it's going to be a fan. Did I say Japan? South African. <laughs> um, I've got World Cup fever. Sorry. Uh, that's but yeah, it, no, mate, that's it. It's it's going to be a classic. I think it's going to be one that um, there'll be some sort of freaking documentary on it. There'll be some ESPN thirty for thirty on on this. But oh, I think yeah, I do think South Africa do have. Um, They've obviously got the experience. They've got some. They've got some decent players, and they haven't been playing too bad rugby. Um, they just need to make sure that you know Japan is probably one of the best scrambling defensive sides in in rugby world cup. So if you're relying a lot on the counter, that may not necessarily pay off for you here. So they've mm. uh, got the right game plan, um, but I definitely expect them to win as well. Yeah, watch for Gubis Arena to um to, to get over the uh over the line again, mate. That guy has uh been taking what fastest ever hat trick in World Cup history, but uh, or in rugby history, but he's taken this 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 tournament by the scruff of the neck. But uh, on that <laughs> on that note of getting over the line a lot, mate, that's uh, I feel like that's us done here today, mate. Um, been a pleasure as always. Thank you so much again, Matt. Honestly, mate, it's a, it's a pleasure every time we have these podcasts and these chats that are around it. But I'm looking forward to next week already, mate, and uh, hopefully we'll see your boys in the uh, in the World Cup semis. Yeah, mate. It's uh, it's been a pleasure as well. And uh, yeah, look, all the best with your travels. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll wish myself all the best with mine. <laughs> yeah, you say travels. Hey, um, yeah, obviously we, we do these every week. Um, but make sure you're staying tuned to our Instagram and our Facebook page. And we'll make sure that we upload these as soon as we can. It's a pleasure as always to bring these to you. Until next week, enjoy your sport, enjoy your drinks. And of course, stay artisanal. Yeah.